0: And welcome to episode number 33 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Continenza, along with Anthony Catholic, bringing you today's podcast. A lot to get to, a lot of great stuff going on in the world of sports. A lot of rumors, Anthony, that I didn't even talk to you about ahead of time. We're going to have some fun talking about as the Indians are just about to uh, get underway. Actually, they actually reported yesterday on Valentine's Day, so uh, spring training has begun. Baseball is here. The Cavaliers, well, they're a new look Cavs now. As uh, I was worried about they didn't have any commodities to trade. Well, they trade half the freaking team away and got four <laughs> players in return. And it, it looks pretty darn good, uh, uh, at least right right away. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit. And also, uh, whatever else we we think about uh, here on uh, the, the podcast here today. So, first of all, Anthony, how you doing today?
1: Great. It is uh, fantastic. Fantastic. I said yesterday, the only reason why I celebrated Valentine's day yesterday for the first time. And, uh, Oh, my ex-girlfriend would probably not like not, me, not remembering, but say, let's say five years. was so because spring training is back. We can finally put, uh, the disaster of the ALDS behind us and we can look forward to what we all hope will be our first World Series title. I think we've got a really good shot.
0: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to baseball season. Amen to you and I talked about that last week. It's, it's just, uh, it makes you think about spring and, you know, as internal hope basically yes. brings that about yes. everything. And you know what? More than anything, the Indians do have mm-hmm. a lot of good things mm-hmm. going for themselves, as we do have maybe the maybe the top two or three pitching starting pitching staffs mm-hmm. in baseball. Uh, and that is something to be very, very, very uh, thrilled about. And then you also have Miller and uh, Cody Allen in the bullpen at the back end. And it'll be a new front end of the bullpen this year. Some guys returning and some new faces coming along. So it'll be interesting to see baseballs one with pitching. We talk about mm-hmm. that all the time. Uh, obviously, offense does matter and how you produce your runs and, and how successful you're at it uh, matters. You just don't want to win every game nine to eight. You are rather win the game four to one mm-hmm. and uh, three to one and five to two uh, because your pitching staff has held the, the opponent down. And, uh, you know, obviously with the Indies pitching staff, uh, it should be good. Good news today. Uh, all the players are now signed as uh, yep. Trevor Brower uh, had his arbitration uh, hearing uh, this past week and uh, he won. Hey, congratulations. Not that I care. One way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my no, money. I he just don't care. I just I don't am not happy for him. Ago. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him that he, you know.
1: Oh, it's great. Uh, it's it's you know, yeah, great. You it means up. nothing to me. It
0: means nothing to no. me.
1: No, it means nothing to me. It Indians, Indians,
0: means nothing to me. Money.
1: Yeah. You know, but speaking of Trevor Bauer, uh, I was listening to Munch a couple of days ago, and he was, you know, your lazy radio, as you call it, especially this time of year. Not much going on. In the NFL is over. NBA is on a hiatus right now for the All Star break. And he was saying, which Indians pitch are you most looking forward to seeing this year? And I, and I said back to him, I said, Trevor Bauer, I think Bauer's going to have a breakout year. He looked good coming down the stretch last year, had a really good start in the playoffs. And I, I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. I just really do.
0: I think he definitely has that opportunity. And uh, uh, look, they got a lot of decisions to make in that pitching staff. they got six they pitchers do. who can start for you. And, you know, is going to push them. Uh, I think Clevenger, I think if Clevenger's anybody's ready stuff. for a breakout season. I do too. Is is a guy who may have it. Uh, obviously, uh, the word out today is Salazar mm-hmm. has a, um, a, some, I want to say arm problems, but uh, had an injury and uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, let's just uh, yeah, it's a shoulder type injury. So let's mm-hmm. just see where it develops and where it takes them. And uh, that does lead into my uh, rumor that I talked about on Facebook about uh, maybe ten days ago. I haven't really thought about it. But uh, they were talking about different players and and availability. Obviously, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of unsigned players out there Mm -hmm. right now. But what I was really intrigued by is a report I read where the Indians and the Baltimore Orioles uh, had some discussions about Manny Machado. Yes. Yes. And it makes a lot of sense. Uh, You know, I first read that. I said, well, that's a pipe dream. And then I thought about it for a while, and I says, you know what? This makes a lot of sense that these two organizations couldn't possibly make this trade, if not, you know, during training camp, uh, maybe down the That's road, it. possibly yeah. uh, at the trading deadline. You know, obviously, here's the thing. Baltimore's not very good at trading players away. No, no they're not. I think
1: you're
0: right. good now. Yeah. Uh, basically, I was talking about Manny Machado and the mm-hmm. possibility of the Indians trying to make that trade, if they could facilitate it. If they did, they have some chips to play with, you know. Even though we mentioned it earlier, Salazar with maybe the shoulder injury, but uh, definitely a starting pitcher they would probably be very intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Jason Kipnis would be very important to that trade because of the money involved, and uh, you know, who knows? Uh, it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it makes a lot of sense for these two teams to be talking about it because there's a natural fit and there's yep. not too many teams that can right now absorb a uh, a manny machado salary i know it's a one-year deal but i think the indians only have one maybe I two years left at this run you gotta go and i'm really thinking 2018 is it uh you because it. you can very well lose both allen and miller to free agency and you know then you're really looking to rebuild a, a bullpen and who knows what would happen from there and Quite honest with you, uh, you know, Michael Brantley would be in his last year of his contract, yep. and other players who could leave. And you know, the Indians are at a, you know, I don't like talking about money in baseball too much because I, it's not my money, as I like to say. Yep. But the Indians are at 130 million dollar payroll, and that really is probably pushing their numbers because they don't have the, the biggest revenue uh, sources in baseball. They have a, a stadium with only thirty two thousand, thirty four thousand seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they don't necessarily going to compete in the big market for the the money. They get a lot of their money from the digital side of Major League Baseball, yep. And from the what television rights that they sold a few years back to Fox. So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, I honestly do believe that it makes sense for these two two teams to be talking because uh, it's a legitimate landing spot possibility for Machado as the season progresses
1: yeah it'd be a uh, a huge move and obviously we do have you know some question marks at third base if if Brantley's unable to go for however long you can slide Ramirez over to second and put Machado at third and Kipnis in left so you can send Kipnis away um you know but you could also answer what the astros and Yankees have done this offseason. and if you exactly. put an in infield and you and it's almost become an arms race. And it's not necessarily like you got to outdo everybody. But when you had a quiet offseason, you lost the power of Santana, the defense of Santana. Uh, you lost the Iron Man and Brian Shaw and your lab arm and Joe Smith. This gives you the best infield in baseball, hands down. If you acquire Machado, there's no infield in baseball. And there's probably no top three in any batting order, of Lindor, Ramirez, and Machado that can outmatch the Indians. I mean, that's, that you know, would be so amazing. It, it is just the pot, the dreams in my head right now are going off like lightning bolts of. Well, like oh I said, God. it hasn't happened. It, it but probably it makes a may lot of happen. No, it I'm may not happen. The Indians,
0: yeah, the Indians just make a lot of sense for them to have that discussion. If you're ever uh, like going
1: to rent a player, this is the yeah. year to do it because your windows probably closed after this year. I, and I, and, I agree. I it's have to go all hands on deck. Quite,
0: yeah. And look, baseball is becoming a lot like basketball. Yep. Where you have the super teams and mm-hmm. everybody else, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers are, you know, one super team. The Warriors are the other simple team. You know, you see what Houston did to yep. make their run. OKC has done to mm-hmm. improve their brand. Uh, You know, you have what I call the super teams in basketball, and then you have everybody else. I agree with that. And baseball, we're seeing the same thing. Uh, What the Yankees did this offseason has catapulted them up to that Super League uh, scenario, which is not a surprise. They always have been in that category. And Boston's kind of taken a a step backwards in the last couple of years. And uh, we'll have to wait and see how they respond. And, and look what Houston's done. Houston's done nothing but improve their club, and they won the World Series last year. Uh, yep. So uh, they've done a, a terrific offseason, in my opinion, too. So you look at the American League, the team that's going to come out of the American League is going to be very, very tested, and uh, it's going to be – They'll be the favorite to win the World Series.
1: Yeah, well, hands
0: down, probably. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I won't take nothing away from the Dodgers and what they have. They have mm-hmm. pretty much a super team on their on their roster, and the Cubs have that potential. Uh, they they kind of taken a step back in the last year or two. However, I think some of the players for the Cubs had uh, down years yeah. last year. And if they bounce back, and this year, want they could
1: be games or whatever they and want,
0: look at, and I don't want to discount, uh, you know, the the Nationals from Washington because they definitely have uh, that super team caliber type players on it. And you got Matt Searcher, you know, being the uh, the stud of that that rotation, and you also have you know, it was it Steinberg? And plus, there's talking about Jack Jake Ariada may may end up there. So I mean, there's a lot of uh, room. I mean, there's three teams in the National League you got to you know put in consideration, and then you have you know kind of like the long shots in Colorado and a few others who have improved their clubs. And you never know what's going to happen in baseball, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And
1: like I said, the it's Indians – It's a come October. Yeah.
0: Look, the Indians have had a – you know, this will be their, you know, potentially fourth appearance yep. in five years Yep. Uh, in, in the playoffs if they can make it this season. Uh, that's a that's – a, it's a very successful run. Um, but, you know, the ultimate goal is to try to win the World Series, and we came up short yep. a couple of years ago. And, you know, the Indians made their move that year, and they just – unfortunately ran out of steam of gas. Yep. in the world yeah in the world series and hopefully you know last year that's what makes last year so devastating to lose in the first round of the yankees when it upset because uh you had the best record in baseball you want to what? 102 games 103 games last year i mean it's 102 and 60 i think they were yeah yeah It's just phenomenal mm-hmm. i mean uh so you know they'll probably take a step back this year and probably uh not win 100 games, but you're probably still looking at a team that's going to win 97 to 100 games oh,
1: because of boy, the division they play in. Man, and, that's a step
0: uh, back. we're living like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm not yep, concerned nope. at all. But the long-term prognosis of this team is this window is going to be closing sooner than later, and they're going to have to take that chance. And if the Dolans, you know, see that opportunity and give the uh, – the people in baseball for the Indians organization to make that move. They're going to have to make those moves on some player during the season to help uh, solidify their opportunities in the postseason. And, you know, right now, the biggest bat available will be Man. We'll just have to wait and see if the mm-hmm. Indians can go down that road. They may not. I mean, worst case scenario is the Yankees get them. And, and you look at that lineup already, it's the most ridiculous yeah. lineup I've I'm gonna seen. And, you know, Everyone's talking about Judd and, and Stanton. Uh don't forget about Bird. Bird is a <laughs> phenomenal player who was injured a lot of he last year that had move. a big playoffs. Yeah, late in the he season and in the postseason.
1: Yes, he did. Uh,
0: so it's gonna be a you know, it's gonna be a very interesting season. Like I say, uh, in the central, I honestly don't see a team that could compete with the Indians. And that is a wonderful scenario. And if you take a huge step back, if you lose, let's say uh, you only win 92 f- to 95 games. You're still probably going to wow. run away with that division. Yep. And yeah, I can't, uh, Minnesota. you know, so yeah, no, uh, just in general, I just don't see a team that's going to compete with the Indians unless the Indians fail, you know, and, and, and I I really don't think under I, Francona I we've know. seen that happen. So I, I'm not expecting that. Speaking of Terry Francona, Francona, of course, our condolences go out to the Francona family for the loss of his father, Tito, uh, just the other day and uh, look forward to uh, him getting back in uh, Arizona and and uh, playing baseball or being our manager again, because uh, like I've said before, I still think we have the best manager in baseball. So uh, long as uh, uh, Terry is in the dugout, we're, we're in good shape because uh, he makes uh, very good decisions and. He also more than anything, he communicates with players better than any other manager in baseball and players just respect the hell out of that. It means so much to them to have someone that they can go up to, talk to and know, get a straight answer from. And, you know, that's what he's done. And that's the type of quality that he is. So I think anytime you have a Terry Francona in your dugout, chances are very good. You're going to have a very competitive team and team that doesn't quit.
1: Yeah, it's uh. Honestly, a huge blessing for us uh, that uh, Francona was six years ago now. He wanted to be here. And and, And bar none, you don't put where he's taken this franchise to now is incredible. You know, when he took over, we were a 94 loss team. Is that correct? 90-plus last team in that range. And then yeah. his first year, we turned around, we won 90 games. It's incredible. Yeah. The way he goes about his business, it, it, he's a typical Cleveland guy. A blue-collar, hardworking guy that comes to the ballpark every day, expects his players to, and his players will always fight for him. And that's the one thing that's been really fun about the Indians the past couple years is they may not win every game, and they may lose a couple games, but they're going to fight Lea like, Cal till the 27th out or the 30th out. Or I mean, sometimes we've seen 19 innings with him, and it's it's really fun to watch them play ball. It's, it, it's really fun to turn on TV every night and watch his team play baseball. Um, and you'd like nothing more this year uh, with him having the passing of his father, an Indians legend, uh, to go out and win the World Series for, you know, him and – you know, because his coaching career has probably come to an end after the health scares he's had the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, you know, you know and, uh, it could. Ha- it, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't extend you know, his contract beyond what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to – I've never talked to Terry Franco. I'm not going to say I have, you know, anything like that. But it would not shock me if he would – but he's such a lifer that he would step away. Yep. If he did, I imagine he would stay with the Indians organization and work in some his capacity. But let's let's not go down that road until. No, let's win the World Series first yeah, this year. Huh? Let's 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 enjoy his stay here in Cleveland and and being the best manager in baseball, as uh, I see it. And I'm not sure anybody's close to him. I don't well, see I think there's others them. who who are who are very good at the, what they do. they very we have nobody. to wait. Yeah,
1: there's nobody well, like
0: Tito. At, no, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But there are, I think. Some up and coming managers who are showing some great
1: Dave Roberts are really good.
0: Uh, Bruce Broglio is, is right there with Terry Francona,
1: yep. my opinion. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. But
0: you know, but you know, and you know, I don't want to take anything away from like Clint Hurdle
1: and what he has done with the man. Playoffs. What he's done with the Pirates is yeah. incredible.
0: Yep. You know, there's some there's some some talented people out there who are who are managers right now, and I think there's up and coming. I think they what do. Dave Roberts did last year for the for the Dodgers was really really impressive Mm -hmm. and uh you know we're gonna wait and see you know i have no opinion of aaron boone you know taking over for the yankees uh obviously he's never done it before well just have to wait and see how that works um obviously a baseball lifer you know Mm -hmm. family has been around baseball forever so we'll just wait and see you know i'm not and no no prejudgment here on him he's just he's he's an unknown commodity right now as a manager uh he has you know, he, he lobbied for the job. He got the job. Yep. We'll see how he does in that job and the pressures that come from being the New York Yankee manager. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, everyone says he has a great temperament. So we'll see. Uh, it,
1: sounds good to me. We'll it's see. still so nice to be talking about baseball in depth again, though, isn't it? It is so nice. <laughs> it is. It is. it is. Talking about baseball in depth, knowing that tomorrow, knowing that we won't have a day until November without baseball.
0: No, it's it's a fun time of the year. It's 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 coming, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, being baseball fans that you and I are, it's 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 a daily ritual. It's it's like yes, it going is. to the temple every day, yes, and uh, you know, We're it's it's, 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 a good time. it's a good time in in in, in the calendar year. However, i want to pivot from baseball for a moment and talk about the Cavaliers, who you know, when we last talked. Anthony had a totally different team. Yes. And I said my my concern level was at a 6.5. Yep. And Matt was almost at an eight. Matt was around seven or eight, and I don't remember what you had it at if you even did it. Uh however, I will say this Cody Altman, he had it at a 10. Yes,
1: and he, he did. was correct. <laughs> it was DEFCON 5. He was code red and red alert and Pushing the panic buttons. But you know what, you though? What, the more we when learn about the trades and how he did them. Let me say,
0: the more we learn about the trades and how he uh, made those trades, it's it's more impressive what he yes, did as a first-year G- GM and understanding the needs and how to do it properly. I give him a lot of credit. I do. Too. I uh, do too. The way he handled the Dwayne Wade situation – shows maturity beyond the years as a GM. Because most most guys wouldn't today would screw that up. Most teams yep. would screw that up completely. And basically, you know, he goes, you know, pull them aside, let them know what's going on, let obviously LeBron know what was going on, and let them make that decision. And he says, you know, we can send you back to Miami. And he said, yes. And yeah, you know I- what? I'm happy for Dwayne Wade. I'm disappointed as a basketball fan, that I did not get to see him play for the Cavaliers the entire year. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed watching Dwayne Wade play basketball for the Cavs. As I've mentioned on this podcast, when he Mm -hmm. became available inside, I said, this is going to be fun to watch. He's, he's, you know, you're talking about one of the best players in the NBA and uh, you know, whatever the reasons were in the, in the locker room or uh, elsewhere within the organization, they, they made the moves they made and, I'll tell you what, my I, I can't give Altman any more credit than I do because when he traded Thomas and Fry, two expiring contracts to get Young Legs and Clarkson and Nance, I was shocked. I was thrilled. And he gave up his first round draft pick, the Cavaliers draft pick, which will be Probably between 28 twenty eight yeah. and thirty, yeah, thirty one. So who really cares? Yeah, I, um, I mean, honest to God, it was a great move, and the other two moves. I'm bringing Hood in, and what I mean, just phenomenal. George uh, just George Hill. Thank you for helping me there. And I tell you what, all four of them have contributed right away. Obviously, they are just getting indoctrinated into the new system. Uh, this is what pros do, though they they adapt quickly. Why? Well, and uh, I made a comment: get the number twenty-two ready, bring it off the rafters, and give <laughs> it down to Nance. And what does Larry Nance Junior. do? Nope. He says no, that's my dad's number. I'll wear
1: number twenty-four. Yep. So what the hell do I know? <laughs> what the hell? You know, it's 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 amazing how, I mean, you took, and I don't want to throw any shade at these guys because they're tremendous basketball players. But you took guys from the Lakers who were below 500 and the Jazz at the time who were below 500, and you brought them together, and in two games you have more cohesion because I love what Kobe Altman did. You got package deals. Clarkson and Nance have played together for a couple of years, and Hoden Hill played together for a couple of years, and George Hill is the kind of point guard that fits perfectly with LeBron James. He'll give you the defense, he'll give you the assist, and he's just a good enough shooter to drive defenders away from the other guys. And you're averaging 120 and a half points. A g- now, it's only two games, and I know we got to say pump the brakes. It's not, you know, we got 26 games to go without them, but the ball movement just looks so much crisper, and there's an energy, and there's a verve, right? I like the word verve. There just seems to be a verve about them that they're moving, and it's in. And It's really beautiful basketball, um, and it, I mean I was wrong. I said when they got Derrick Rose and they got Dwayne Wade and they got I.T. and all these guys. I said it's going to be really fun to watch. They got a veteran cast uh, that knows how to win in the playoffs, and it just, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't mesh.
0: You know, I heard a I heard a, a statement or a uh, read that uh, someone talking about the Cavs, and I thought I think this may be one of the more accurate thought processes and the whole reason why the the team kind of fell apart uh, in the last you know 15 games uh, prior to the trade LeBron James is is the glue to the team he mean he's the star he is the the alpha omega of the of the Cavaliers and what you had were players around him who not necessarily were I not want to say afraid of him, but uh, they were weren't going they, were, they weren't intimidated exactly mm-hmm. uh, uh, by him and his, in his style of play and what he brought to the team, because, you know, they were all all stars previously and veterans. And it was not a, uh, you know, a problem about me making sure that I'm working to fit in with him mm-hmm. as much as the team will work, to, you know, togetherness. And it just, You know, I think that's what kind of brought it down is uh, they didn't have that Alpha Omega that they needed LeBron. I think he still was, but you didn't have that that get in line and do what I do type scenario. What you have now are young players who have great athletic ability, who are going to do exactly what they're asked to do to fit into his style of play. And I think that's exactly what they needed. And, you know, it's not like Jeff Fry didn't think LeBron or James was the best player in, in basketball. He does. Yep. It's just, he's been playing with them for three and a half years and you know, he knows what to expect and he tried to stay in his own lane, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just at a certain time, everybody has a value to a organization and in basketball, it's, it's a lot smaller than, uh, in other sports, uh, it's just like the Cleveland Indians, uh, you know, we, you know, you, you brought up, you know, losing Shah. Well, it's not that the Indians didn't want to keep Shaw. They just have a payroll of $130 million and they can't compete with the Yankees yep. payroll. So you have to make, make it's judgment exactly calls. Right. You have to make, yeah, you have to make yep. judgment calls. And some of them are going to leave. And obviously this year we've seen, you know, quality players leave the Indians, you know, for other jobs in the major league baseball. Uh, and that, that happens. You know, that's part of the game. And you do, uh, you, you know, make choices of what you want to do and how you want to do it. And that's just like when the Indians made the choice to trade for Miller two years ago. They knew when they traded him that they were going to keep him. Yep. You know, they were going to absorb that, you know, $9 million a year salary. And they wanted him on the Cleveland Indians through the rest of his contract. I mean, that was one of the yep. reasons why they were willing to give up what they did to get him. And you know what happens from this point on, meaning next season. Let's face it: if the Indians, for some reason, have a fall off the edge of the of the cliff during this season, he's, he's gone. He will be traded. He'll be traded in June and July. I mean, it's just yep. there's no question it'll happen. And same with Allen; it's a good possibility. I don't think that. I think it's a very remote chance that could happen, but it'll. it'll say still- the Indians got a got a, a terrible injury bug. God forbid, uh, oh, it God. could happen. It could happen. Yep. You know, I'm not expecting it to happen. I'm not predicting it to happen. I'm just being realistic saying it could happen. There's that percent chance. You know, you have to be realistic when you're talking about sports today. And it definitely can and, you know, will happen if that, if those scenarios arises, just like when the Yankees traded Miller, the Yankees didn't have to trade Miller. The opportunity to, to trade him and get value back, was too high not to that year and help rebuild their organization. And it was a great move on the Yankees part. It was a win-win. They got some good players from the Cleveland Indians. And in the process, the Indians got, you know, the best left-handed reliever in baseball. So, you know, you know that's the type of trades that most teams love, was the win-win. Yes, you're giving up something, but you're getting something major in return. And I think you know, in basketball, your return is different in basketball. Uh, obviously, the Yake, the Lakers want the the salary relief for they can go get two max contracts this year. And no, I don't think the LeBron James is leaving. I'm not worried about it. Nope. And if if he chooses to leave, so be it. We got a ring two years ago. We've been to three world championships. We may go to a fourth in a row. I honestly just think when he came back, this is where he's going to stay. Yeah, uh, I don't. Up until the 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 run with the Cavaliers is completely over. Uh, and, uh, you know, he thinks he may, may have one last run with somebody else for a championship late in his career. But I, I honestly, I just don't see it. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before I've been wrong when he left the first time I'll be wrong again. If he leaves again. Uh, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think he's rejuvenated. I think right now he sees an opportunity to compete. Look, you know, like I said last week when we, we did the podcast, Anthony, uh, The East is the easiest path to the championship, and you're going to face the Warriors most likely. The Warriors may have a little more of a challenge in the West to get through, but they'll probably most likely and should get through and will get through. And the Cavaliers may end up still being the fourth or fifth best team in in basketball, but they'll have that opportunity to play for that championship. And again, just like two years ago, you give me LeBron James on my team, I think I have an opportunity. And if it wasn't for injuries the first year, you know they would have had a great opportunity to win. And quite honest with you, my, my opinion, if it wasn't for running out of gas and injuries in the first year, they met they would have won. Uh, the, that. Indies, the, the Cavs had a two-one lead in that yep. series and probably would have won that one. But you know, injuries are are
1: part of basketball, a part of sports, and a part it's of the uh, championship dreaded team. what if game. Yeah, you know, it's the dreaded what if game that we that we all love and hate to play in sports. I was playing that earlier today at work, you know, I said uh, what did I say? Oh, I was talking about YFU and I said, well if this guy didn't hurt, if we didn't lose three quarter after have been in the playoffs last year. It's just, you know it's the what if game that, you know that we all play. Everyone in plays today. the what if game and, yeah, you know, obviously
0: in sports, in sports it's a big part of discussing sports, but I don't really worry about the what if game, uh, you know because you can't control that. I mean, that is why you watch sports, and that's why you, you're engaged, and that's why you're a fan, and, uh, yeah, everyone could talk about, oh, this play, if that never happened, or what would have been the different. Yeah, it puts you on different trajectories. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, certain things happen, and breaks go certain ways, mm-hmm. and that's all part of the lore of live sports and sporting events in general. I mean, that's what's going on in South Korea with the Olympics right now. That's what makes it unique. You know, uh, these are are games that you don't watch or or would ever really watch. However, the storylines behind it are are huge. You know, a Sean White, you know, a Kim on the snowboards, or if you're talking curling or you're talking hockey, you know, now that they – you know, don't have the NHL players playing this year. You know, anything's possible. Yep, that's what makes that's what makes sports unique. It has maybe the same type of storyline every time, but different players and different uh, opportunities every year. And and you know, and quite honestly, who doesn't like a sequel? And and in the NBA, we're hoping for a uh,
1: you know, Cavs Warriors part four coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's um. It looks like LeBron's re-ener- re-energized. Uh, he fits well with these guys already. Uh, Tristan Thompson looks energized. Uh, J.R. Smith playing defense and driving to the lane, and they've beaten the second best team in the East now, record wise. Right, they, they've beaten George Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony in OKC, and they don't have Kevin Love. And yeah. Kevin Love's having one of his best, one of his best seasons, and it. it it, it's I mean you know we could play the what if game again but it's
0: it is they, what it is right
1: now and you got probably a month until Kevin Love gets back you'll probably have I'm gonna go out and say you're probably gonna have the east in your graph you'll have a at least a two two and a half game lead you know, uh and by with that the point, all-star
0: break yeah I'm gonna say with the all-star game coming up this weekend. And being under the uh, new rules of uh, the LeBron versus Steph game, it's going to add a little intrigue to it. Yes, I mean, it I'm is. not a big, I'm not a big All Star game person, especially in the NBA. I think it's it's absolutely makes the the NFL actually watchable. Uh, when you talk about All Star games, and I didn't watch the NFL, and I just I
1: on it on so I turned it on.
0: Well, I still, say, I'll say this real quickly. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. If I ran the NFL. I had moved the, uh, the uh, pro bowl game back to uh, the week after the super bowl. And I would we build up the, the senior bowl and put that in prime time on a Saturday night before the super yep. bowl. Not I agree the with ga- that. day before, but the week before and build that up as the big one for that, that off week for the super bowl, make it the, the, the senior bowl, build that one up, have it as, as a big event and prime time. And then, have the Super Bowl and then have the after party with the all with the Pro Bowl and put it back in Hawaii, and I, that's that's what I would suggest. I agree with that. You know, but uh, you know, we're not. It's anymore. not like, yeah, uh, eh, eh, it's not like uh Goodell's going to listen to me. Yeah, right I tweet him know, all the time, and he's, he's never tweeted me
1: back. So I doubt if it'll ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to be calling us after we get off the air tonight and be and be like, hey guys, what do you think I should do about the Pro Bowl? No, nah, yeah. he's going to do whatever yeah. makes him the most money.
0: Yeah, his forty million dollar salary. He doesn't need my
1: two cents and his worth. Lifetime of health insurance and lifetime jet. Jeez, oh man. <laughs> but good to be the king. He's earned it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. He he's earned
1: it. He I mean, he's worked his
0: way up. He takes the bullet for the owners. And yes, that's he his does. Job. Just like Gary Bettman takes the bullets for the NHL. Yep, And he takes them gladly because he gets paid handsomely to do it. Yes, he does. And Adam Silver does the exact same thing in the NBA. Uh, Commissioners are not necessarily uh, the forefront of organizations and the meaning of leagues nowadays making decisions on players and that. They take the bullet, the PR bullet for all the owners. That's why the owners pay them the money they do. They do, yep. Uh, and it goes across the board. And, you know, Rod Madford for the uh, baseball does the exact same he thing does. and smiles yeah. and gives you the PR. And why? Because he takes the bullets for the owners. Yep. And, and if you're out there listening and you always get mad at, you know, Gary Bettman in the NFL or NHL or yep. you get mad at Goodell in the NFL, understand that's not their job. Yep. Their job is one job that take the bullets for all 30 owner plus owners in each league. And that's what they do. And they do it willingly. And that's all part of being a commissioner today. It is not necessarily, it's promoting the brand and making the brand successful. Yes. But it's more about being that person who's in front of the cameras or who uh, the fans can throw targets at on Twitter or Facebook or Uh, in the stands at and take the bullets because that's what they do. Yep. And that's what they get paid for. And they do a very good job at it, all of them. And, uh, you know, I always get a kick out of the NHL because every time Gary Bettman's introduced, that has to bring out the, as the Stanley cup, he gets booed and he just says, bring it on, bring it on. And I laugh and I laugh and I says, you're going to do while you're doing that. Because every time you do that, you're signing a new contract. <laughs> yes, you are. Saying, I-, I will take the bullet. I will yep. take that bullet Absolutely. and and you know every time because of what you do. You just keep booing me, uh, all the fans in the world. Because uh, we're making money, and 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 the leagues know it. And when the leagues don't make money, then that's when the uh, commissioner uh, is in trouble. Yeah. And and today in sports, it's difficult. For that. And that's just like uh, at the co- at the uh, commissioner levels at the uh, major colleges uh, at the uh, different conferences. Why are they on TV talking about their teams and why they've been disrespected and not making it? Because it's all about money.
1: You know, speaking of, and
0: that's what that's they're what doing.
1: We, you know, you just touched a nerve right there by bringing up uh, college football and the NCAA and all that. Can we talk about the farce that the NCAA is? I, I, I mean, and the yeah. utter hypocrisy and stupidity and moronic I mean just morons that run that association and maybe I'm salty because they vacated my Irish's 21 wins and you know I mean really is that what we're really going to do as a punishment five years later I mean five years later you're going to say well guys you got to vacate these wins so, well, Wake Forest is going to run – we beat teams 38 nothing, and 34s. I don't think those teams are going to be like, well, we won that game. Nope, because those players know they got their ass kicked. And it's and – you know, it, I'm not a big It looks, good on, fan. It looks it, good on paper. It, it, it
0: looks just, good on paper. It looks good on paper. It is. is so it's ridiculous. Dumb.
1: It is dumb. It's dumb. I mean, if you're going to do something – here's where I find a just – how – we self-reported ourselves and we took steps and we kicked these players out of school and suspended them and we self-imposed sanctions on us. Well, North Carolina can create fake courses in multiple sports and nothing happens to them. I mean, at what point are we, I I mean, at, at what point do we look in the mirror and say, this is, we want running us. It's becoming a joke. Yeah. I'm not
0: going to disagree with you. Look, um uh, just ncaa in itself people. you know no the ncaa and you you are correct they they're full of hypocrisy and they always have been and probably always will be first of all i don't understand the thought process of of uh punishing a team that has nothing to do with the violations that occur all right, I agree with and, that. And, in the end, I when the first when they first came about death sentences, you know what happened to SMU and others, mm-hmm. you know, or you know Penn State I mean, when they yeah. went through what they did, and others, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, uh, you know what you know Louisville and there's so many obvious, yeah, examples of of mismanaged uh, programs, and you know. You know, and that has hurt many people in many ways. Mm-hmm. I would go on to say, what you do is you hurt them with. See, here's the thing: no one understands, or, or the, the the universities understand. It looks better to take wins away and not allowing a team to play in the next
1: bowl uh, games,
0: yeah, bowl game, tournament. or NCAA tournament, because that looks like a real sanction. Yep. However. If you really wanting to sanction these schools, what you do is you take the money away from them. You allow them to compete for the next championship. They can't get a dime yep. from that NCAA tournament or yep. that bowl game for the next three to five years. Whatever you want to say, Not that they thing. have to actually make it even worse. They have to give the money away to organizations that yep. you know would would actually put it into use. Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, and and some of them would probably steal that money too. But my point is that if you really wanted to make change at the NCAA level is why am I going to punish player A, B, and C at this university had nothing to do with that, with that violation that occurred? You know, it's, you know, it makes no sense. However, if I allow, you know, let's use Ohio State, an example when Jim Trestle, uh, you know, when they came down on Jim Trestle and he got his five-year probation and everything else that came down and the, the, Was the 2012 team went undefeated but couldn't compete for a ball game and was not able to, you know, have a chance to win a national title? You know, what would have been even worse for Ohio State and and all those who, uh, in that, uh, in that program is let them, let those, let that team compete for a championship, whatever level it may have been, if they could have played for a national title or if they could have, um, you know, play in a bowl game like the like the Rose Bowl or whatever it may have been, but they can't receive one dime. Yep, they can't you receive one know. dime from it. You take the money away. Mm-hmm. The, the, the victories don't matter. No, nope. that's just like that's just like the Final Four appearance for the Final Five or yep. the Fab Five yeah. up in Michigan. It's such a ridiculous thing. Did they really? We not don't make know They the were Final there. Four. Yeah,
1: didn't they not no, make know. the it's like- finals? You know, it's like you're going to erase it from memory. Like it never happened. Like you can erase it from memory. It's it's a vacated
0: championship. You know, there's teams that quote unquote vacated their championships. So there's no championship that year. Come on. What are you, what are you proving? I mean, if you want to be a true uh, guardianship of the sport, you know, then take the money away from the schools punish them saying yep. yeah, your revenues last year were, let's just use a, our arbitrary number $25 million, yep. you know, for the sports program. All right. You now have to pay the NCAA, you know, 12 million mm-hmm. of that. And you, you know, you're taking you know, like 30, 50% of that mm-hmm. revenue away. And then you're going to actually give it to those who need, if it's, it's if it is in a, a charity, type scenario to uh, abuse children or Mm -hmm. uh, sexually assaulted women or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. You can go, you know, uh, even if it's cancer research or whatever it may have been, that would be a bigger penalty. yep, Yeah, that'd be a bigger penalty than any type of violation that said uh, the 1995 such and such university has now vacated all their wins, which Now, you know, they'll go in the book as they're winless in in 24 games and did not appear in the NCAA tournament. Well, they didn't make the final 16. You know, come on. It it makes no sense.
1: And and then that's my point. In that regard, you you know, the NCAA a couple years ago when they came down on USC, which don't get me wrong, I absolutely love what they did to USC because I can't stand USC. I think it's a joke what that university is. Uh, But when they stripped away Reggie Bush's Heisman, I saw yeah. Reggie Bush in person that year. That kid was the best football player I've seen in person. Great. What Were you going to say? He's not, you're going to say that thousands of people who watched him and the multiple people that voted that's on tragic. Him, it, it. What it,
0: happened to him, I'm not saying that he was not in wrong at times and his family and the university, the whole thing. However, to take the award away from him is, is just ridiculous. I know he put it in. I criminal. know he turned it, you know, he was kind of, you know, forced to turn it in hard. himself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know what? It's, it's ridiculous. That like I said, it. he was the best player I don't think to, make any, any, to say that. But I don't think anybody wants play. a championship ring they didn't yeah. earn. I don't think anybody wants a trophy they didn't earn. Uh, and uh, no, he should, he should be reinstated. He should be reinstated. It would be the correct yeah. thing to do. Yeah. yeah It'll never uh, happen. You know, it's, it's kind of like baseball in the hall of fame scenario. Much as I despise some of what the players did during that time period, I don't blame them. The money was huge. The money was huge. It was available to them. It was not quote unquote out of the realms of baseball uh, rule book. I mean, you can make all the excuses you want for it. It is what it is. It happened what it did. However, you know, Barry Bonds is still Major League Baseball's all time home run hitting. Yep. Hitter. Uh Roger yep. Clemens still won 350 games at the Major League level. You know, he still threw his no hitters. You know, these, these things never changed. Yep. Uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with telling the story of them. And there's nothing wrong with telling the story of the player who has been accused of and found possibly of doing wrong, Yep, you know, either criminally or uh, in sports and have that part of their hall of fame legacy. I don't have any problem with that saying, you know, he was a, such and such. He was part of Bel- like Barry Bonds. He was part of the Belco investigation mm-hmm. that led to uh, hearings in the, uh, the Congress and the I, exposed the sport of, of pro, Performance enhancing drugs Okay, There's nothing wrong with actually telling That part of the story because that is Part of the story story. That's just like Joe Jackson And Pete Rose being excluded From the Hall of Fame I think it's Uh, criminal I was talking about that a couple nights ago But but they both have a story to be told Mm -hmm. And it needs to be told And baseball historians To not allow that story To be told is is wrong And you know, I just have a totally different thought process than I did years ago. Years ago, I said, "Yeah, throw the book at him, da da da, take it away." And yeah, and now, nowadays I'm more about let's just tell the truth, let's put it out there and say this is what happened. You know, this is what 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 occurred, and these are the players who were involved, and these are the players who admitted to it. These are the players who denied it their entire time. Though there is no you know physical proof, there is accusation and you know, maybe a paper trail showing that possibility and there's nothing wrong with telling that truth. And that's the way I look at it. And yeah. I think that could actually do more for all sports in general. And, you know, a lot of people in in the world today likes to hide behind yes, do. stats and things that are going on. And there's more tragic things that happen in this world that we're yep. afraid to deal with.
1: Yep. Yeah. And exactly.
0: I, I don't want to go down this lane too no. much, but, those who deny it are just not even hurting themselves. They're hurting our 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 communities and our our country. And I can't, I, I don't understand. I never will. And it pisses me off that people can't deal with the actual facts yep. that are in front of them.
1: Yeah, and and it just, that,
0: that's uh, that's me getting off subject a little bit. And I apologize for those no, ap-
1: that right. may I'm not up I'm not going to apologize. No, for, there's
0: no point. You know what it is it is it is what it is and it's how I feel and damn it I'm 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 not embarrassed by that. I'm more proud of that than I am anything else.
1: Yeah, it's just and maybe it's just silly me to get so worked up over taking away wins, but I read an article yesterday and and it it really hit home If you know I the vacation of wins to many programs is just a silly, stupid paper penalty. I mean, that's what it is. It's a it's a silly, stupid paper penalty that at the end of the day, the NCAA can say, "Look, we did something about it." But at Notre Dame, when you do that, when they've done everything, it's challenging Notre Dame at its core, and the and the two things that Notre Dame was founded upon when Father Soren found the university and Father Hesperg just expanded it was the be one of the top av- top academic institutions in America. And that will not be compromised for athletics. And the idea that athletics and Supreme academics cannot work hand in hand is a joke, Father Hesburgh said. And when you do that, you challenge Notre Dame's core beliefs. And five years later, you're going to Say well, you got to vacate these wins when they took every step necessary, and when and I'm going to get all legal and technical on you now. When the NCAA, in their bylaws, state and I quote, "academic penalties are for judgment and penalization by the member conferences and institutions. The universities handle that themselves. And if it's a more severe matter, then it." then the NCAA may step in. But Notre Dame took every step necessary. They suspended these kids. They removed them from the university. They, they did everything they were supposed to do, and now five years later you are going to come do this. It's a joke, and it's an absolute travesty. And I know for a fact, anybody that watched, Notre Dame went undefeated in 2012, period. And they kicked a lot of teams' asses. Because right now, I don't think Denard Robinson is sitting back after his four fumble performance that day in South Bend saying, you know, that's right. I did beat Notre Dame that night. I never fumbled four times through two interceptions. He did. He did. And, he, and it's just an absolute joke. And, and maybe I'm wrong to get this worked out about it. And maybe I'm a fanboy and a homer, but when it, it challenges this university's core beliefs and it, it's an absolute joke, and the NCAA is just a travesty, and it's a farce, and it's an embarrassment of it's it's just an embarrassment of stupidity down there in Indianapolis, and it's a shame. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is,
0: it's it's a gotcha place nowadays. Yep. Man. Yep. Uh, we've all seen it at different levels at different universities that you, you may loved or may liked, and um, yeah, it's it, it's definitely they have to find a better way of doing it than what they do. There's no question about it. I don't understand, uh, you know, the idea of taking wins away. That's just like um, the Florida State head coach, uh, Bobby. Bobby uh, Bowden, yeah. Bobby yeah. Bowden, thank you. Uh, you know, what they take like 25, 30 wins away yeah. from this total? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of crazy number, but they did. And um, it makes no sense. I mean, everybody knows what he achieved on the field. And uh, let's face it, college sports is big business today, and it's all about um, the way it's perceived. And I guess the NCAA takes the bullets and provides the, uh, the thunder sometimes to make the organizations not look uh, wrong. And it's unfortunate. It really is. I, mm-hmm. I have, like I said, the, I think the NCAA in general does a good quality job putting on tournaments and uh championships and being part of that on all levels however uh when it comes to enforcing rules and putting in punishments for universities uh, and the universities do this on purpose because they don't want to lose the money and uh if they did they would they would not worry about victories and losses and more care about revenue that is brought in that would be uh you know, penalized versus uh, what's going on. If you want to penalize a or a a program for you know saying that they'd have two or three less scholarships a year, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, but if you really want to punish a program at the NCAA level, at the major collegiate level, at any level in college uh, sports, then uh, do it the correct way. What they do in sports. What they do when players make mistakes? They fine them. What they do when owners yep. uh, speak out? They fine them. Fine uh, them. You know, and uh, that's what they should do at the NCAA level. find the university. Take away the revenue. They cannot receive revenue if they compete in this tournament in 2018. Guess what? I guarantee you they'll probably compete in that tournament and rather take, lose the money versus saying – Going out, going out on a table saying, no, we're not going to peep because we can't get a pair. We can't get our share of the money in the tournament, you know? And that's just the way I see it.
1: Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, hey, it's they, I don't even know what to say. They need a whole, just tear that farce down. They call the the incident relay. And at this point you let, I don't even know what to do. It's just, it's, <laughs> When I, read I, yesterday, were, I was let me yesterday was sick.
0: Let me turn the page for you. Let me, let me let's let's just move on. Uh, Please do. Yeah, let's get the, I, I want to talk I, know about you about the are, I know you want to throw, throw a shout out to the uh, the penguins and I'm talking yeah. about the Youngstown State Penguins yeah. basketball programs I, I and what it. they have achieved here uh, recently.
1: Yeah, it's uh you know, the men's team has had some struggles lately, but we all knew this was not about wins and losses this year. This was about building a culture, uh basically changing the whole culture and um, you know, but what a win yesterday uh, for our men's team against Oakland. Uh, the team that everybody in preseason uh, said on paper was the most talented team and one of the favorites to win the conference. And, you know, you lost a tough one up there in Detroit a couple of weeks ago and then come back yesterday at home and won another buzzer beater. So Greg Campy's nightmares of buzzer-beating losses to Youngstown State continues. I'm not going to complain about that. It's just – you know they're not winning games a lot, but they're fighting, and and they're fighting. Uh, they're resembling, they're starting to resemble our town and our community. And if you haven't gone down to watch a game or haven't checked them out, give Jared Kahuna a chance. This guy is going to build a big time winner here, and also a shout out to our women's program, who after a rough start to the year has won six in a row, including most of those on the road. And that's with putting uh, their best player, Sarah Cash, on the bench. Um, not many coaches would do that. Not many star players in a conference would say, okay, I'll come off the bench. How soft to John Barnes and that is the Penguins here with less than two weeks remaining in the regular season get rolling for the conference tournament. And, you know, you never know what can happen when you get in there. We saw it last year with the men's team that, you know, you get a couple lucky bounces that go your way and all of a sudden you're playing in the semifinals and, you know, but I just really want to give a shout out to them. Uh, YSU basketball doesn't get the publicity as it should, and when it does something good, we should we should praise them. That's a big win for the men's program. It's a big a big momentum builder, and it's the young kids who are helping out too. The young kids coming through for us, um, and it seems the women's program is back on track after some injuries in the beginning of the year. So I just wanted to take a moment and. I uh, give those guys a shot up because they deserve it, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can make some uh, some noise in the Motor City in a couple weeks for the conference tournaments.
0: No question about it. We want to see the wins do well, as uh, you know. This basketball program for the for the men's side continues to improve, and uh, hopefully, Cus Calhoun will it will continue the strides. And you know, this is what we talked about. You know, at the beginning of the year, sooner or later, they were going to come up with a big win and uh, maybe put a streak together. And there's another better time of the year because, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to play in the conference tournament. And, God, miracles do happen. I'm not saying you're yeah. going to win all, but, you know, miracles do happen in sports. That's why we watch. That's upsets are a big part of sports. And uh, hopefully, you know, those things will happen. Hey, I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the Red Hurricanes from Newcastle. Of course, I've been covering them all year long in High school basketball over on WKST News Radio 1200 and the Triple Live High School Sports Network for those who uh, uh, listen over there. If you do uh, want to check us out, the next uh, Canes game will be on February 24th as they are will be competing in the WPIL playoffs. They got a first round bye, uh, so they won't play until the 24th and they will play the winner of South Fayette and Freeport, uh, it looks like, in the, in the bracket. So that will come on February 24th. I believe the game is going to be about 6.30 p.m. I think the site has not been determined yet. I'll have to find that out for sure. I've not heard. Uh, however, uh, the Canes uh, finished the season 18-4 t- and four, uh, and won the last, I want to say, five or six games in a row and won something like eight, seven of the last eight games that they played the only game they lost was Quaker Valley the number one seed in the WPI and uh and 4a who went undefeated at 21 and those so uh, it should be a, uh, a really interesting tournament and uh, you know the four teams that got buys you know in the in the in the tournament so uh, you know Quaker Valley Indiana Newcastle and uh, looks like Bell Bel Vernon I think it is yeah Bell yeah, Vernon. Bell Vernon, yeah. Yeah, all guys in in section two uh, A. So we'll see what uh or section two in the uh, basketball tournament uh, in uh, WPIL action in uh, in four A action. So if you followed all that, good for you. <laughs> it's <laughs> you a lot of, a lot, of for you. a lot going on there. But <laughs> you uh, that good for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you want to listen to a game, I believe it's going to be the twenty fourth. Uh, if you go to trip hssn.triblive.com. That will take you to the Trib Live page, and you just click on the broadcast. It'll bring down a a menu like a calendar. You just click on the date, the twenty fourth, and it'll show all the games that are available. As a matter of fact, I'll probably be broadcasting a double header that day uh, on on that network. So we'll do the uh, Canes game in the first, and we'll follow it up with the uh, which will be a really good game. It will be that Bell Vernon uh probably against either well it'll be against the winner of the ambridge deer lakes game now i have no idea how good uh, or bad uh deer lakes is but ambridge pretty is very good a, is very good and uh they uh they they kind of they kind of uh coming in on a whimper they they've lost like four out of the last six games that they played however uh, they have uh aaron uh, helzendigger who uh it's your a guy heck of a ball player. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the junior. who can shoot the ball. Uh, he's, he's a player. I, I think he, everyone's going to watch. He's about a six, five player and uh, he's going to be really impressive. And then of course uh, Quaker Valley has uh, uh, Coltrane Washington who is uh, headed to Drexel and is probably the best player in the uh, WPIL or one of the best players in the WPIL this year. So uh, a lot of good basketball going over in Western Pennsylvania and if you have a chance to uh, tune in, please do either on WKST, uh, News Radio 1200, or the Trib Live High School Sports Network. And uh, we will be bringing in that game. And hopefully, we'll uh, get Matt back on uh, here soon, talk some football and some other things with us again. And hopefully, I can get James to chime back on uh, maybe next week uh, before that uh, championship or the uh, playoff game with uh, Newcastle. So we'll. Uh, we got a lot going on there anthony
1: yeah not, it's, uh, uh, it's starting to become a great time of year baseball's back the, N- the nba's rounding into less than 30 games to go to the playoffs and you know it's it's a fun time yeah and
0: plus you get the i was going to say plus you have the nfl with the uh, free agency just around the corner and the draft not that far away so we'll get into that talk Uh, no reason to uh, talk about it all one time. So we will get into that maybe next time Mm -hmm. and uh, see what else is going on. Plus uh, we're looking forward to your trip out to Arizona, uh, which will be coming up the first of March. Uh, The first full week of March, you'll be out there and if everything works, all right, we will uh, try to give you some daily uh, podcasting from Arizona. uh, If everything works out with Anthony and I, and uh just get updates on the Indians, and it'll probably be short ones. but we'll uh, get into anything else that may be going on in the world of sports too. Uh, but uh, have fun out in Arizona. I know I want to wish you that Thank now you. in case I Thank don't you. see you, but I think we will yeah, uh, definitely think, yeah, catch we'll, you. Yeah. I think we'll have at least one more podcast or even two before you leave. Yeah. Uh, Today is the 15th. Uh, hopefully we'll have one maybe this weekend or the first yep. of next week uh, before that 24th we're Newcastle. Uh, we'll be taking on the winner of their game in the uh, second round of the uh, WPIL uh, quad four action. So a uh, lot, a lot of sports going on and uh, give you a chance for your final thoughts here, Anthony, and then we'll wrap this baby up.
1: Uh just really excited to be heading out to spring training and to officially welcome baseball back. It'll be after a long, long off season. And it seems a little bit longer when you stumble in the playoffs like we did, but, that's in the past. The pass is done, and we are zero zero like everybody else. And twenty seventeen is over. Like you said the the endless amount of optimism right now that every team in baseball possesses on this day it it's incredible. It's it's you never know what's going to happen. Um, and it should be another fun summer at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. So looking forward to going down to Arizona for a week.
0: No question about it. oh, real quickly, by the way, and I don't know if it still exists today, but if you're a hockey fan and you enjoy watching a lot of hockey and you just you know not just the penguins. Yep. The the NHL has their NHL television, whatever they call it, center ice, yep. on sale for twenty-four bucks for the rest of the season. Yeah, oh, hey, I, I picked it up the other day. I recommend it highly. I've been watching it every day. It is phenomenal. I guess some of the West coast games before I go to bed at night, it's starting around 10 o'clock. Phenomenal deal. If you're a sports fan, get it, get it, get it. It is phenomenal. I watched every night on my iPad yeah. for 24 bucks. I can watch every hockey game. There is for the rest of the season. Uh, can't beat that deal. If you uh, love hockey or if you just want to check it out, uh, you're not going to find a better way of doing it. And, uh, it is a uh, it's a tremendous deal. That's all I'm going to say. All right. For Anthony and Canfield, I'm Tim here in Bourbon wishing you all a wonderful evening, day, or afternoon, depending on when you download and listen to this. Don't forget, if you get this through iTunes, uh, my understanding now they have a new pod. Uh, they updated their, their uh, pod app, the podcast app, and you can do reviews right from the app. So if you use that, please give us a review and some five-star ratings. It would help us grow Radio MVP as we move forward. And uh, much appreciated for those who have done it, and hopefully we'll do it here in the future because, like I said, the more people do that, the easier it is when climb up the rankings and more people will find us when they search Radio MVP sports. All right, for Anthony once again in Canfield, I'm Tim. Have a great night, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.